And now back to join us for our weekly chat is retired National Weather Service meteorologist Hugh Johnson. Hugh, I understand today is National Meteorologist's Day. Hope you're celebrating safely. Thanks for joining us while you're on vacation in Hilton Head. How's the weather down there? Yes, here I am, yes. Uh, we're having a nor'easter, <laughs> not the greatest. Uh, not the, in fact, in some ways, it's better in Albany than it is down here. We had, we had a real rock and roll in nor'easter last night with thunderstorms, windswept rain, the whole the whole gauntlet. And today, just cloudy, but then rain kind of. It's still the storm is still kind of circulating off the shore there and bringing one more band of rain in before it pulls out tomorrow. Better tomorrow, but it's going to be windy and cool for this time of year. But this is typical of an El Nino winter. El Nino winter, you usually are cool and stormy in the southeast. Yep. So at least you're not getting the rain that they're getting in Southern California. And we finally got some sunshine over the weekend after a lot of cloudy, dreary, gray days before that. What's going on? Well, a couple of things going on there, Bria. Um, We had a lot less Arctic air. And a lot of times in January, we have Arctic air. We get those relatively sunny days, but very cold. But we had none of that. Um, El Nino plays a part of that. We have uh, very, a lot of moisture, a very active southern jet stream, very convoluted jet stream between that and the polar jet stream. But right now, we're, we're actually seeing more El Nino characteristics than we've seen most of the winter. Getting slammed, as you mentioned, in Southern California with uh, probably will be a, a billion dollar or first billion dollar weather disaster of the year, all kinds of flooding out there. And uh, yeah, and, and the reason why, and another thing is with clouds, I, I said this all along with climate change, we're probably going to see this. Why? Because we have more moisture, more moisture bruised clouds. And I think that'll especially be true in the winter. And I think that's, that's why our minimum temperatures have gone up six, seven degrees since 1970, it's a lot of that is because of increased cloudiness at night, which temperatures don't drop. We had lows barely below freezing uh, for many nights in a row in January or February, barely moving the needle on the thermometer. So unfortunately, I think that's one of our demises of, uh, for in our area with uh, climate change. So I want to go back to something you said. It sounds like the cold air helps with, with sunny days. Did I hear that right? Well, the Arctic, yeah. yeah. What happens is the Arctic air generally holds less moisture when you get the, like a north-northwest. Huh. Uh, and you skip, and you, if you can you miss the, the trajectory of the lakes. Now, the Great Lakes play a factor. If they're, un, if they're unfrozen, they can throw a lot of clouds. But if you get a straight north-northwesterly wind, get pure Arctic air, and the air is very, has very little moisture in it and will likely have but, and because of that, we'll have more sunshine. And if you look at the, some of our coldest outbreaks, you can almost always see it's sunny. It's sunny and very cold. So that, and that's very typical with very strong Arctic air masses, especially once the lakes freezes, which they haven't this year because it's been so mild. But in a typical old-fashioned winter, you freeze the lakes, then you don't have to worry so much about lake moisture anymore. And then you're rocking and rolling with a lot of sun, even though you're cold. But that's not happening this year, not at all. <laughs> What else has been happening around the globe this winter, Hugh? Oh, it's been a lot of stuff going on. So we have the rains in California. Uh, we, we do have epic snow up in Nova Scotia. They had a huge storm, and they produce anywhere officially over a meter, over a yard of snow. And most of that fell in a 24-hour period. In some places, got even more than that when it was drifting and so forth. It was just 
uh, Cape Breton was the worst storm since 2004. Uh, there was a terrible snow back in about 10 years ago, but I guess that missed Nova Scotia. It went a little further south, but they got Nova Scotia just got hammered. Uh, they've been getting uh, and back. And on the southern hemisphere, let's not forget our poor folks in Chile. They're having horrible forest fires as a result of searing heat and drought. And uh, it's been a horrible thing with hundreds of people missing, presumed dead, thousands of houses destroyed. Again, probably a climate change signature, unfortunately. And uh, let's see what else is going on. Well, down here, like I said, not too great. Uh, we've been a little chilly, but the rain, as Bria said, nothing like Southern California. But boy, last night for a few hours, it was coming down at, at pretty incredible rates, but it didn't last as long, thank goodness. So, and let me see what else is. It's just been, it's been a really, oh, up in Anchorage, up, up in Alaska, they'd be getting hammered. Juno, 75 inches of snow in January. Their normal snowfall seasonal snowfall is about like ours is. It's about 65 inches. They got that in one month. They got more than that. They got slammed. Anchorage has had over 100 inches, and they, their season isn't over yet. They have a shot breaking their all-time record. So it's been a very, very active winter indeed uh, with a lot of snow, but not here, not in Albany, because we've just been too warm. We've got a lot. We had a very wet January, but a lot of that fell as rain. So in Anchorage, they got 100 inches just in January or in the season? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Let me, let me clarify that for the season since uh, October. They have 35 inches on the ground right now. But for the total season, they have 104.3. And that was a day or two ago. They might have actually picked up a couple inches then. then then the air has been cold air has been locked into place because the polar vortex, which did break a little bit loose in January, has retightened up and has stuck up in up in the northern latitudes. But I definitely see a change coming with that. I think it's going to split into two. And we're going to finally get some colder air in here next week, not this week. This week's going to be pretty mild, but next week uh, I think we're going to finally get a, some uh, some a chill down, especially later next week. What about a more complete forecast for the rest of the week, or maybe even longer? Yes, absolutely. Um, enjoy this week. It's going to be tranquil. Temperatures 30s, uh, mid-upper 30s tomorrow, and then warming into the 40s as we go later in the week, and touching 50 or better on Saturday ahead of a cold front, which will bring just a few showers. So we're going to be staying pretty dry. Behind that, it turns a little chillier, and then we'll watch the storm for around right, uh, about a week from now. It, it's hard. It, it, it's, I'm not sure which way it's going to go yet, but it could bring rain or snow, probably rain. But behind that storm, that's when the colder air will start coming in. And I think it will stay right through uh, for another week or two. And that's when we'll have to watch to see if there's a chance of getting a snowstorm. So we're talking pres beyond President's Day week at that point. So it looks like this first half of February, a little bit above normal temperatures. The second half could actually be a little bit below. So we'll see how that goes. So I have an unusual question for you, Hugh. I'd love sure. having the chance to ask you anything. Go for Why it. is there a meteor in meteorologist? Because it talks about the sky. It talks about the sky. Funny story. Many years ago, I went down to the Smithsonian, and I asked to see the meteorology department, and they directed me to the meteors, which I enjoyed, but it wasn't what I was looking for. But it's, it's the sky. It's, it's basically it's a Greek word for sky. And of course, weather comes from the sky. You know, we see rain and clouds and that kind of thing. So that's that's a very good question. Huh. Who knew? 
Yeah. One well, last thing before you... I let you go. One. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of clouds, next week we're going. I'm going I'd like to talk about how this. Uh, there's a model that shows that how clouds. We talked about more clouds with more uh, warming. That that could actually. This one model is, is predicting warmer. A, war, a greater warming than other models for the next 50 years. But we'll talk about that next year. It's very disturbing and something we need to talk about. <laughs> so that model shows that we're in even worse shape than, than was thought? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so get ready um, for next week. <laughs> there, we're sorry, supposed to get a 95% totality uh, eclipse on April 8th. Yep. What do, you, what do you know about April? doing a forecast slightly farther away? Any chance we'll be able to see the eclipse on April 8th? It's about 50-50. Last year on April 8th was totally sunny. It was a perfectly clear day. So I'm like, oh, oh. But you can't use that. You just got to use it's. It's about a flip of a coin. It won't be the cloudiest time of year. It'll be better than this time of year, better than certainly the fall. Uh, again, the only problem is the lakes probably be warmer than normal, so that might actually increase the chances of a little bit of cloudiness. But I want to emphasize to my uh, folks listening is don't settle for 95%. Head west to see the 100%. I've seen both. There's no comparison. you got to go for the total. And the closest place to see total from Albany is Rome, New York, 100 miles. You'll see it for a few seconds. Uh, if you want to see it longer, Go to Rochester, Syracuse, out that way, where it'll be over three minutes long. One of the longest total solar eclipses we can get this time of year, any time of year. And it's the last shot we're going to have it being that close to total eclipse for many, many years in my lifetime, for sure. Being that close well, to all. Yeah. I'm heading to Buffalo. I figure having survived the, the uh, Christmas storm yeah. last year, I deserve a fun time in Buffalo. Go and there's a close they have, I think, like, over three yeah. minutes of eclipse. Yeah. Go a day early because the throughway could be absolutely mobbed. I would not go in the day of the eclipse because it will. a lot of folks in New York and Long Island, New Jersey, will be heading up that way. It could really be a, a wicked day on the throughway. Okay. Thanks, Hugh. Always great talking with you. Uh, you too. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week.